Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Sam Pets Radio, Australia's coolest podcast network. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, a comic book podcast hosted by me, Andrew Levins, and usually my good friend Siobhan Coombs. However, she is taking a breather. Uh, she's, you know, just raising her 400 children, and, uh, you know, it takes a lot of, takes a lot of work. So uh, we'll hear from her again very, very soon. But in the meantime, I thought I would record a podcast with the person who you can blame... Every single part of my uh, descent into being an enormous weeb on. Uh, they are the host of a podcast called Wine Mums, one of the co-hosts of Wine Mums. And in fact, the two hosts of that podcast, um, Denim Harry and our guests, actually met through this podcast. So I thought it would be fun to do an entire episode uh, with, with the person who has recommended more comics to me than I have recommended to everyone on this podcast. Um, and uh, a, a great friend of mine, uh, Connor Stevens. So, Connor, thank you for joining me on Serious Issues. Hello, it's great to be here. There's uh, there's an important lesson here in reaping what you sow, in which getting on top of a Facebook group will accidentally lead you to being on a podcast several years' time. It's yeah, a, it's a it's a fable that more parents should share with their children. <laughs> um, you co-host Wine Mums, which is a podcast um, that's about you know comic books and movies and video games. Um, and your most recent episode has maybe a, an, an intro more filthy than anything I myself have recorded over any of my podcasts, which are often quite filthy. So congratulations. Yeah, we take a bit from everything. You know, you got the Serious Issues influence. We take a bit from HeyFam. Then we spin it to something a bit more toxic, get that comic book energy in there. And then we uh, we go from there. It's nice to know you actually uh, listen to that mess. You know, um... I like it. <laughs> It's I don't know it's it's funny it's like checking in with something I accidentally created. <laughs> but you're also one of the uh, admins of the Serious Issues Facebook group and have been for a long time. You're you're look one of the uh one of the unsung heroes of uh, of Serious Issues and uh, I thought it would be really fun to do an episode with you. Um we we have we have made a promise to ourselves and the listener that uh we're going to try and hold off uh, the insane onslaught of manga recommendations until at least 15 minutes into this episode. Uh, so I've uh, I've delayed this recording for almost 24 hours so I can read a handful of uh, of single issues from places that aren't Japan. Um, and so Connor, I'm, I, I appreciate you allowing me that time to uh, step out of my comfort zone and uh, and read some regular regular floppies. The real secret is that I actually fell out of comics for a bit. I don't think there was any, like, big reason. There was just a lot going on, and then I sort of fell out, and it's kind of hard to keep up week to week that way. But this was a good excuse to catch up, so I actually have, like, things to say. Maybe yeah, I'll well, actually get back on the train. So you uh, you actually have read further um, into the series that we reviewed at the start of last episode, which is uh, the new book by Robert Kirkman, um, Chris Samney, and who are the other? Who's the colorist on that again? Uh, Matt Wilson. Matt Wilson and Russ Wooten on lettering. Um, it is the Image series Firepower. Uh, last episode, we had read The Trade that came out, but since then, two issues have come out. Uh, so the, the Trade is like this fantastic kind of prequel book with gorgeous art and a pretty fun concept. Um, how were the first two single issues of Firepower, Connor? 
Yeah, they were, uh, they were you know, surprisingly, really good. Uh, I kind of, like, scrambled to grab it after last episode, which that last trade was, like, a, the unproblematic Iron Fist. But this kind of, <laughs> like, spins it into, like, a cool family drama that um sort of sets it up at the end there that's got, like, barbecue cookouts and ninjas in the shadows and secret after-hours meetups. And it's, like... I think, like... W- that trade was, um, like, sort of an Iron Fist, like, sort of an Iron Fist, I said. This was almost, like, Ninja Incredibles, almost. Oh, fun. And yeah, cause it, cause it, yeah, it, it was, it was just super like, fun. Like a suburban dad superhero book now, huh? Yeah, and I think, um, I think what's really cool about the series is that, like, we got, like, a trade set up, and now we got two issues in one week that it seems like Image... I mean, I guess doesn't Kirkman own like half of Image at this point or something? But <laughs> whatever, like they they just have the power to release it however they want. So we kind of got like these two issues back to back in one week that really sort of kept up the pace and set up this cute suburban idea and set up the future. You know, there's some big reveals at the end of issue two that'll probably make it more international again. But you get to see a lot of the family and how they play into part of the story, and you know they're all going to get their time to shine and. It's really cute, and there's a lot of, like, great back matter, um, where it's just, like, because there's no actual letters page, it's just Samney and Kirkman talking about how they wrote and drew the comic, and there's a lot of fun stuff with how Samney deals with making suburban life look fucking incredible, and Matt Wilson's colours, it's... it's sick. Yeah, that's just great. Love a, just love a fire punch. Have, what's your relationship with Robert Kirkman? Have you read many of his books? I read the first... 100 issues of The Walking Dead and then I was like that's really good I, I've got, I've had enough though yeah. and then I bounced um, Oblivion Song was pretty good but I didn't keep up with that but this was like I don't know pretty unexpected yeah it really is there's a lightness to this book that I think Die 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 has I mean as light as a, I need to an, read ultra, that, yeah. an ultra violent book about secret government <laughs> stuff can be but there's there's just a, they're just very fun books to read and I, and I like this this style of Kirkman writing for sure looking forward to uh, picking up those those first two issues should I ever find them um, a quick reminder that uh, every comic we talk about on this podcast is available at King's Comics in Sydney if you have not been to the new store in Sydney you should go check it out because it's enormous and very cool. I was almost there until COVID happened again. Again, yeah, COVID too. COVID nine, COVID twenty. Um, <laughs> yeah, you and you and Denim are actually going to come down uh, for for a little trip down to Sydney from from your hometown up in country Queensland, and uh, shit, shit started getting real here. And now it's just been like I don't know. We're in a bizarre limbo state where like Melbourne is completely locked down. And a lot of Victoria is, and then New South Wales is like we thought we were hot on the heels of Victoria, and we maybe we were going to get locked down again, but we seem to be maybe okay with a ten question marks. I don't know. If only there was a really bad comic book in a year's time to tell us all about this period of our lives. Have I don't know if we've wait. seen? Have we seen like the the the, the like COVID leaking into comic books yet? Have like has there been a superhero comic about masking up? No, but you'd want to hope soon though. Yeah, you don't want them to be doing this like two years from now when it's over. Like, hey, remember yeah, COVID? That fun... <laughs> yeah, that Batman's fun fighting it now. Song, so. Yeah, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, look, we just talked about an image series that just began, but how about we talk about one that very recently ended, and that is um, Criminal, the uh, beloved return of the uh, crime anthology series by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips for Image. Um they did 12 issues of this over the last year on, on, over at Image, and uh, God, it was the best. Um, the like final seven issues were all about the death of, um, I guess, the main character of this anthology, the character Teague, who we see... Because um, this, is, this is an anthology series, you jump um, through back, back and forth through time, and so you have... A story like you know stories where Teague is quite young, and then we'll have other stories where um, you, it's Teague's son who's also been brought into a life of crime, and his and Teague is dead, and so this is now the, the basically the, the way we we find out how he went out, and it is tragic. The finale of this issue, issue number twelve, is just an absolute gut punch, um, but masterfully drawn and and masterfully told. Just they are they are just two incredible uh, crime book creators. 
I mean, that's what you want, isn't it? You don't ever want to really feel good after reading a criminal book. Yeah, totally. I mean, they don't. There's not quite the. I know you. You're probably the only other person I know that reads Stray Bullets, which is one of my favorite series of all time. But that's not like Criminal doesn't get quite as nihilistic as Stray Bullets does. Oh, okay. Uh, have you read much of Criminal? I have read like the the first few trades, and then um, I remember I've read like weirdly disremounced. Like, there's that one sort of Wolfman one that I picked up. Oh, that for was some phenomenal. reason, that was yeah, really I think, fun. I think that Teague, Teague and his son are in that book, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, but the, I mean, the, the best thing about uh, the best thing about the criminal series is that you can just pick up any trade, and and or like you know, the beginning of any of the little series, and and just start reading from there. It does. You don't need to have read it from the start, but if you have, it's extremely rewarding because you see these characters um, at, at different parts in their lives. doesn't matter how old they are. They're always fucking up, stealing money, and getting shot. And, you know, there's just something nice and warm about that. So um, what's the future of the series then? Because I felt like I remember hearing this was going to be, like, an ongoing series for the foreseeable future, but... Yeah, I, I think... It always kind of comes and goes. Well, I mean, look, this is very, like, putting on your tinfoil hat time, but I think <laughs> we have seen so many indications that... Uh, single issues as we know them uh, in comics may be... Mm. I don't know. I, th- I feel like there's more and more evidence kind of suggesting that we are going to be phasing away from that. Like, there, j- j- as we speak, there has been, there's been this enormous um, DC layoffs um, and a lot of people think that... Like, like Bob Harris, one of the editors, and a bunch of the online... I mean, tons of staff. It's like a third of DC's staff have just been laid off by Warner Brothers this morning, which is super tragic, uh, except for Bob Harris getting fired. Um, <laughs> but uh, a lot of people think that, like, the, you know, this is like the end of days for the current kind of comic format that DC are putting out. Obviously, they've split with Diamond. If you care about that industry stuff, all I care about is, like, you know, how are our creators still going to be involved? Are we going to get new stories with these characters? But I... Uh, um, the reason this ties into Brubaker and Phillips is that, so yeah, Criminal is wrapped up for now. Um, they just released a, a new graphic novel called Pulp, which is, um, so apparently Sean Phillips just asked Brubaker to write a cowboy book. So he, he did. <laughs> um, and so that's just come out. Um, I really want to read that. And then, uh, they've announced just over the weekend, um, another, a series of, of graphic novels that they're putting out. Um, oh, cool. Uh, so they are called the private eye, um, the private eye series. Oh, no, so it's called, sorry, it's called reckless. Um, the, the graphic novel series is called reckless. Um, and, uh, the first book is going to be 144 pages long. Um, it's a hardback from image. The first one's coming out in mid December and book two is scheduled for April. Um, I mean, I, th- I feel like this, we're going to see, I reckon image is going to start pivoting towards this because, I feel like comic book stores definitely sell like a, a large portion, but more and more we're seeing bookstores selling trades and I guess more people are making more money off trades. I don't know. Look, um, this is all hearsay. Do you want to add your, your two cents? Your, I mean, your... I'm no Siobhan, so I can't add that uh, comic that comic store side of it. But, I mean, like, you can't not love... A... Oh, that was a bad setup, but you can't not <laughs> love, a, love a floppy. <laughs> um, but, like... I mean, no, look, I, I have to say, you can't not love a floppy is a beautiful sentence. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but it's, it, it is kind of like, I do just love reading trades more. Like, the fact that Firepower started off as just a trade was just, like, delightful. Um, yeah, I agree with you. And then, to, to, so then you've got to, like, the, the idea of then going from that back to single issues to continue that series, I was kind of like, ah, kind of just be beautiful trades. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like uh, as um, Brubaker comes into it, like uh, their last graphic novel, my hero, ha- my heroes have always been junkies. Mm-hmm. That was really great. That sits on my shelf. That was a wonderful like one and done, and that's a great way to tell a crime story. So, I mean, it's in these uncertain times. I don't want to like wish bad upon anything, but it's certainly like um, I don't know, kind of scary, kind of interesting, kind of great to be able to buy all these trades. And I mean. Manga's always there, so, you know. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you reckon is the ideal way to read comics? So, as much as I love reading a floppy single issue, they're shit to store, 
and they just like <laughs> you, you suddenly have hundreds of them. You can't display them nicely. They're harder to lend people. They degrade really quickly. They are very much like a, absolutely a collector's item. And if that's your preferred way of reading, I totally get it. Like I understand at one point they definitely were for me. But now as someone who has this massive collection, I love lending my friend stories, but I'm way more likely to lend a trade or a hardcover than I am like 40 scattered single issues, especially if it's like a Marvel book where there's like all these ridiculous tie-ins and, you know, you, oh, you have to read this at the same time as you read this, but <laughs> only the even issues of this one while you read the odd issues of this series if you want to get the full experience, that kind of stuff. I don't know, there's there's some, you know, for a minute where I was really involved in in reading absolutely everything. There are runs where I love having like, you know, I love having all of Hickman's Fantastic Four and all these FF at the same time. And I know you meant to, and if, if he's new Avengers and his Avengers, you know, a lot of Jason Aaron's Thor run into uh, interlaps with other things and other events. And I love having those things, but yeah, it is, it, it's not a great way to, to like, uh, to keep them on your shelf. Like I'd much rather something with a spine but then I, I don't know, I feel like I love the, the thing with manga, how it's like, you know, all of the um, the chapters come out in an anthology book with other manga. And then they get collected in these beautiful little, you know, Tangaban volumes. What do you think? What should, what should we do? You're making the call for the rest of the world, Connor. It's on making the call. I mean, that like, uh, I, was, I was talking with um, my local anime and manga store. Give it a shout out. Let's shout out local business. Uh, Neo Tokyo. I've been. They've made me a weeb for like ten years now. I've been going there straight. If you're ever in Toowoomba, Toowoomba. for some unfortunate reason, (laughs) Neo Tokyo, Toowoomba. Neo Toowoomba. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But like, she was pointing out that one of the strong things about like um, Shonen Jump and those magazines is that if you pick up a magazine for one book, you will you automatically have twenty other books you can get attached to, and I think it can be really hard to enter the comics industry because there's no just easy sort of smorgasbord of what to get into. And I think, like, going going into a comic store is super great to be able to, like, pick a single issue up, but that's more expensive now. You're in Australia and the UK too. And, uh, you know, there's a bunch of, like, shipping stuff lately. And I've also sort of started really loving, um, like, webtoons and webcomics and the way they release, like, pages and small chapters, like, weekly or something, but they always and, find and, a way and, to... And how fun they are to read on your mobile device, like, you, you scroll yeah. down as opposed to turning a page, yeah. But there's breaks that, um, you know, I've managed to buy that, collected, um, I think Spare is another one, I'll be talking about another one later, so that's pretty great. Brubaker has that, um, Patreon comics thing doesn't he like that sounds like a great idea but yeah. uh that's uh he's um he's got a there's panel syndicate so actually that, that's something i never, I never spoke about oh it. that's the, right. in april ed brubaker and marcus martin they released a, a new series called friday which has another chapter coming out quite soon and you can get yeah you just down you can name your price it's like band camp for comics i know i think brian k vaughan is like one of the the People, people behind Panel Syndicate, because I know that's how yeah, he's he released a few um, comics. Yeah, he put out that, like, sideways the, one on it. The, and the private eye, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, yeah, you, you can buy... You can just name your price. You could pay a buck. You could pay zero dollars if you want, and then just get a PDF. That works, too, because, like, I think another thing that's come out in the last year is just how shit these companies are at paying their artists and their workers and the all the allegations that happen. I know, right, it yeah. Like, a pretty horrible place to work. So I think other outlets that you can find and still make your money and still support both customers and other creators is for the best. Yeah, it's been a shit time to be a comic book fan, both in, ter- <laughs> both in terms of like how easy it is to get the things we love, but also how easy it is for the things we love to do horrible things to other people we love. Um, anyway, fuck off Bob Harris. <laughs> Bye. Let's blame all of it on him. Now that he's gone, <laughs> it's going to be fine, everyone. Uh, but yeah, look, I, 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 I hope Criminal returns, but I think that, like the 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 Reckless series, you know, the way that they describe it, it's it's a, it's going to be a you know completely standalone graphic novel about about crime. Um, so it's like yeah, sorry, it's a it's a sex, drugs, and murder in the in early eighties Los Angeles, um, a new electrifying take on the paperback pulp hero. Um, it's about a dude called Ethan Reckless. One part Repo Man, one part Private Eye, and one part Wrecking Ball. 
Um, so it, 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 that doesn't seem too dissimilar to what we get in criminal. So <laughs> I, I think we, you know, as long as as long as we're getting some some format of of Brubaker and Phillips uh, stories about shady fuckheads, then uh, I'm, I'm happy. We've saved the industry. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> it's all good from here. Speaking of criminal, uh, I have I just read the last three issues of Sex Criminals, um, issues uh, 28, 29, and thirty. Um, and did you know, Connor, that now that we have got we've got the thirtieth issue of Sex Criminals, the final issue is is the ne- their next issue, and it is they're jumping forward uh, thirty nine thirty nine numbers. If you catch my yeah, drift, yeah, baby. So we're getting issue sixty nine. <laughs> issue sixty nine is coming out uh, in a couple. Months. I don't I have no idea when it's coming out, but that's going to be the final issue of Sex, Sex Criminals, and. Uh, I you know it, it's crazy to think that this series by uh, Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky uh, is only thirty issues long because I feel like I've been reading it for a decade, um, and, uh, and that's no slight on it. It just it just really feels like a, a, an enormous amount of time has cu- has has happened um, since the first issue of this series came out. I know there have been a lot of delays in between certain issues, but uh, this finale they're really you know they're really pushing towards it. Um, of course, I got all of the. Um, uh, XXX variant covers. So I got a great one by um, um, Ord Kosh, Kosh and um, uh, Vanessa Del Rey. Um, but uh, I have to really shout out issue 29 as one of the best issues of an image series I've ever read, uh, in which um, we learn that John, one of the heroes of sex criminals or anti heroes of sex criminals, um, which, if you don't know, is a, uh, a book about um, a couple who. Um, Every time they orgasm, time stops and they commit crimes. Um, but uh, in, in issue 29, John discovers that he has um, obsessive destructive disorder in which uh, in, like two thirds of the issue is him trying to uh, destroy everything inside his enemy's mansion. Like absolutely every single thing he wants to render un- unusable. Uh, and it's just a, a brilliant montage of, uh, of, of cartoon destruction. And uh, there's, there's tragedy at the heart of it, like everything in this beautiful series. I'm looking forward to the finale. Do you still read it? I have never read it. So oh, I think I'll wait for it to finish and I'll just like smash it. I don't know why I haven't, but um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just afraid of sex, but there's <laughs> not, like, there's cri- nice not criminals, comes- but sex. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that, that sounds great. I think, um, yeah. Um, no, I mean, it's like lived up in legend. I've seen the like sexy covers, so I guess I'm not that afraid of it. But um, I hear such like interesting things about that series. Everyone seems to have such a different takeaway from it, and that's really exciting. Yeah, I know. It's still, I mean, it kind of meandered a little bit in the middle. It really felt like, like I don't know, maybe it, it suddenly became about um, the characters dealing with depression, which is important in its own way. But then, like the kind of the, the characters never had a win for about. 10 issues or so and it was a bit of a drag um but uh they're they it seems like they're giving a uh, an amazing um final final run to these characters that they clearly love a lot um i would definitely recommend it and uh if you have you ever seen the brian lee o'malley um variant cover no or was that the mario one i'm trying to remember that's the mario one yeah um, yeah okay yeah, he did an amazing triple um, XXX variant cover. They get amazing creators to do um, uh, explicit um, covers, and um, Brian Lee O'Malley of uh, Scott Pilgrim and Snot Girl fame um, did an unbelievable one of uh, like a Nintendo cartridge, and uh, one of the main characters, John, his uh, his dick is a Goomba from Mario. It's great. Oh. Just, just want a Lego shit. version of that. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so, uh, just on the topic of Brian Lee O'Malley, I read the most recent issue of Snot Girl, um, another of my favorite image series, which is constantly uh, giving us enormous delays. And uh, they even have like an apology at the end of this book, which says. Uh, um, thank you for reading Snot Girl. We literally put out one issue in like a, a year and now we have to go on hiatus. Bye. And uh, <laughs> the good news is that Brian Lee O'Malley is trying to make a graphic, a new, new graphic novel. Um, Leslie Hung, the uh, artist, the amazing artist of Sex Criminal, sorry, Snot Girl, uh, got a new puppy called Omelette. Uh, and, uh, you know, the others did other things too. But uh, 
So the the only issue of Snot Girl in a year. Uh, have you are you up to date with Snot Girl, Connor? I read up to issue ten, and like last night, you're like, oh, I'm gonna read Ice Cream Man, Gideon Falls, and Snot Girl. I'm like, oh fuck yeah, I'm gonna get up all of those. And I started from each of the issues I remember leaving up on, and every single time I was like. I don't remember anything about any of this. <laughs> so I've started back to the start on all of them. I might do that. I, it's definitely a series that like, I could definitely read again and again. I've certainly read the first five issues like three times. But uh, uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic series about a, um, a self-obsessed fashion blogger called Lottie um, who meets uh, a, a cool girl who uh, she nicknames Cool Girl um, and uh, kind of falls in love with her. Um, but the series is kind of like a little bit of a pastiche of kind of like, uh, like making fun of, of fashion bloggers and the fashion kind of vapid people within it in the scene. Um, but then it's also like a weird murder mystery. And then it's kind of just a straight up mystery book. Um, it's very funny. It's very strange. It's a beautiful, beautiful looking, um, definitely recommend it. It's only 15 issues in, uh, and that's another one that feels like it's been going on for a decade, but uh, we're only at 15 issues. I say take your I think time, it's definitely creators. Like, Who cares? Put out yeah, a re- an issue whenever so you feel gorgeous. like it. It's one of my favorite looking ones on the shelves. Like, yeah. Up there with like Montress or something. I just love looking at it. And like, yeah, I mean, it's not, fake it's not girl. Keep up. It's not girl. Lottie is, is uh, like a, you know, some would say irredeemable, awful character, but I am of uh, more than any other comic book character. I'm in love with her. So... Uh, deal with that made up green haired cartoon character <laughs> <laughs> um, look we mentioned Criminal earlier um, an image series that ended but um, a series that I read almost all of and I feel like I tapped out only a few issues ago uh, that's published by Vault it's called Heathen that just recently finished uh, last week and uh, I fell off but Connor thankfully did not uh, Connor how was the finale of Heathen which is uh, written and drawn by remind me again who it is uh, it was Natasha Alterici, but I believe, right. um, uh, Ashley A. Woods took over drawing about halfway through. And this is another series. I think like the first issue came out about five years ago or something. So there's like, there's a bit of a stop gap there between keeping up oh, three years ago. Okay. I lied. <laughs> we loved, that was like a, that was a serious issues, like absolute favorite when it, when it first started. I think those first six issues in particular are just so... Um, remarkable. Um, it is like yeah, like a big, crazy, you know, Norse mythology, but told through a modern lens. Um, and I think it, it, it took a big hiatus, and then it came back, and there was this fantastic arc with mermaids in it. But the mermaids are like monsters, and I really liked that. But then I just kind of fell off. Yeah, and those are the ones with the gorgeous covers too. But yeah, this this came to like a big sort of dramatic close. I also read this one start to finish now that it's all done, and it's like. It's just, it's really endearing, really beautiful. You know, it's about a, a lesbian Viking deciding, fuck the gods, I'm going to save women, basically. <laughs> um, and teaming up, like, Valkyries and trickster gods and, like, the Wolves of Ragnarok. And it's sort of, like, a really a really sweet look at, um, you know, empowerment and war and uh, sort of coming together told through the lens of, like, the terrible crimes of the Norse gods and all these uh, fun trolls and crazy beasts and pirates and um, Christianity. And it's sort of like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of ideas on the table and I don't think it always like comes together throughout the whole series. I think it sort of shows that it's her first, I think serialized comic, but you know, just like just, just a few tears in my eyes at the end, you know, it, yeah. so it goes to show that it was, it was, it was a, really beautiful. The art style is like nothing else. It's really scratchy almost like inked but not when and, the new artist um, took over was uh was it like as good as Alterici's original um, art in those first few issues oh yeah completely I, like they really work together and finding a similar style i think the coloring really helps yeah i guess they did themselves actually but i didn't even notice at first until <laughs> i read the second last issue i was like oh <laughs> but great. um it is good to know that, like, uh, I don't know, a couple of months ago, uh, Natasha Alterici tweeted that, for everyone sad about Heathen Ending, don't worry, I am writing another book, and it, it is easily, a twi- it has easily twice the gayness and anti-authoritarianism of Heathen, so... Excellent. I can look forward to that. 
It's uh, Hit Girl 2 that she's co-writing with Mark Miller. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Imagine that I guy. I remember trying to read that when Jeff Lemire took over. That's that's traumatic. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot that Jeff Lemire wrote a Hit Girl series. I wonder, do you reckon, I mean, did it, look, if, did anyone read that? That's that's my that's the question for today. Did anyone listening read Jeff Lemire's Hit Girl? Actually, there's um, a group page. Drop one in in the uh, in that's in Sex Criminals. I mean, because you know one of the main reasons to read, yeah, one, it's an amazing story with great characters, but also it has the best letters section of all time in uh, in the back of every issue. So, Connor, when you do read it, make sure you get the single issues on that one. Okay. There's a, there are absolutely some single issue comics that I would refuse to read any other way. Criminals definitely one of them. Saga. Sex criminals, and a majority of those are because of an amazing either letters section or back matter. Um, but uh, in one of the letters sections um, of, I think it's issue twenty nine, uh, someone yeah, someone pitches that um, the next thing that Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky should do is reboot the Marvel series Trouble, which was, I think it was like what it was like was it uh, it's Mark Millar and Terry and Rachel Dodson. And it was a book about um, um, Spider-Man's Aunt May when she was young. Have you heard about this? No. Oh, is it like Amazing Spider-Man Two, where she's a spy or something? Or, um, hold on, here we go. Um, It's a five-issue romance comic book limited series, um, which was written by Mark Millar. Um, it was Ooh, considered by Marvel's true. editorial group as the possible origin of Spider-Man. Um, and the front cover, I don't know if you can Google it. If you Google Marvel Trouble, the front cover is a photo of what looks like Paris Hilton and, and Nicole Richie. Um, and this this came out around the same time as their hilarious um, uh, reality show. It's like two girls in bikini, two blonde women in bikinis, like teenagers um, with, oh with sunglasses. God, and they're, they're looking over the sunglasses. Um, but yeah, it's about May, a 17-year-old redhead and somewhat of a wild child, and Mary, May's blonde best friend, who's rather shy. Then you have Ben, um, who who was off- often in hospitals as a child, and Richie, who's Ben's younger brother and their dad's clear favourite. So essentially, this is about how um, Aunt May and Uncle Ben fell in love, but it, they're like teenagers in the 70s. Um, so you do see the part where they fuck and and Petey is born. That is, and yeah, Rick, I can't Rich, get over this cover. It's just it's it's not even drawing. It's just a photo of two women. Yeah, um, I think it was meant to like meant to be in the style of teen romance novels. That's um, fun, but also what on earth? I hope um, it sold well. Mark Millar's dialogue was criticised as not being representative of the time it was set in the 1970s, and his storytelling failed to grab the audience. Many complained that the characters were written too similarly and were hard to tell, keep apart, save for the fact that one of the girls will do it on the first date when the other <laughs> one won't. <laughs> I would expect nothing less. Amazing. So let's, let's just uh, spitball here. Who do you reckon is giving it out? May or Mary? Oh, Spider-Man's nah, mum or Spider-Man's to... aunt? So you reckon, you reckon, yeah, he definitely made... Uh, um, Spider-Man's mum, the easier one, huh? Or maybe it's May. Nah, May. surely you got to throw a spitball. Got to be May, you know, really, really subvert audience expectations. He is, he is an amazing writer, Mark Millar. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, hey, that a cover by Frank Cho though, so you know, it's got to be, it's got to be something. So maybe that's going to be what um, Alter Ricci does next. Trouble two. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Trouble in paradise. Um, Oh, that's very good. That's very good stuff. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. 
And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Um, so, Connor, over to you for our next uh, review again. Um king of nowhere because i'm going to talk about ice cream man in a moment uh, which is written by w maxwell prince um and but you've heard us talk about ice cream man so many times in the show it's one of our favorite series is excellent horror book um i just want to just give 18 as a shout out of one of the the best single issues of comics i've read all year um but given that there have only been Dang. 12 of them um that's not really saying <laughs> that much um but uh w maxwell prince has started a new series uh who's publishing it Oh, this is out by Boom, and it seems to have gone sort of under the radar. Yeah, I mean, I I've forgot to pick up a single issue, it. so, yeah. Mm, well, yeah. But uh, this is a five-issue limited series by W. Maxwell Prince with Tyler and Hilary Jenkins on art, uh, coming, I think it's their first work after the um, the Successionist book. The Tyler, the, the, um, the one that Tyler Jenkins did with Matt Kent? Yes, uh, Grass Kings. That's it. That's the one. Oh, shit. Uh, letter by uh, and world design so you know big ups to them um, <laughs> but this is a really meta textual in the way that you could expect from W Maxwell Prince about a drunkard sort of runaway 30 40 year old man who stumbles into a town called nowhere where the first thing he meets is a man with a deer head and stumbles into town and meets a whole basket of characters with, like, people with head, their heads upside down, and rabbit people, and forearm people, and fish people, and there is this weird underlying mystery about how he got there, where this is, um, and then someone someone else shows up in this town, because, sorry, um, the main character, Dennis, is probably his name? Mm-hmm. Mr. Mr. Guy Dennis uh, like he should no one else should know about nowhere and Dennis shouldn't have showed up however he got in and sort of dealing with the strangeness of the town and then someone else shows up in town and starts committing murders so it's this sort of almost sort of Grass Kings almost sort of like Twin Peaks in small town mystery of like crazy people and murders and like you know uh conflicted characters but there's also in this deep w maxwell prince fashion this really sort of woven in meta textual context about the existence of this town and how it exists or why it exists and who's at play and maybe does someone control it has someone built it um yeah cool which is my shit completely but it's also like a really gorgeous comic um that watercolor totally adds to a super sort of surrealist book the designs for, for like, the deer people, the rabbit people, the giant dinosaur-sized iguanas. <laughs> um, a lot of really great use of colours with, like, burnt oranges and pinks and purples. And, yeah, it's a really fantastic series. I'm really keen to see how it ends. The final issue is out next month. There's four out so far. But every issue, it sort of ramps up. Every issue has something completely crazy and different. And, I don't know, that main hook is just, just super appealing. It, it reminds me, like, of... What was that one about, like, the books in the library he did? Uh, one Week in the Library. Hey. So that's a helpful name for a book like that. Um, <laughs> Which is super underrated. Mixed, like, Everyone should read that. Yeah, that too. The art the art series is still my favorite, whatever that was called. That, uh, was oh, one my of- God, the um, Electric Sublime? Yes, yeah, that, that's still my favorite. I mean, Ice Cream yeah. Man is, is a very, very close second, but as, a, like, a complete piece of work, that's my favorite. Killer series. Oh, it's going to be Prince of Cats for me, still. That wasn't W Maxwell Prince. That was, that was Ron Wimbley. No, sorry, that's Ron Wimbley. What am I thinking of? Not uh, Prince of Cats. But they should collaborate. They should collaborate. Yes, please. Um, yeah, so like, don't want to say too much, but if you want something sort of like very dreamlike, very human, strange, small town adventures, 
Um, King of Nowhere is good. Yeah, it sounds like what you should be reading. If like this is kind of what I wanted, like the dreaming book to be like, I guess. Yes, oh, I got a that got a new book this week. I totally forgot to read that. That's by um woman who did uh, Miss Marvel, I believe. Oh, really? Oh, I'm forgetting names. Yeah, I believe so. It's like yeah. Now you like know what now, now you know what it's like to do this podcast. Every episode, I forget <laughs> ten just I mean, ten I names. Should have expected. G Willow Wilson is who down. you're thinking of. Yes, thank you. Now I, I know totally what it feels like to that. listen to this podcast. <laughs> Just yelling names uh-huh. at my iPod. Um, iPhone. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Dreamy series. <laughs> I love that that's a weird universe of, of books that like have been like fairly mixed. I, don't, I guess you could say that about every imprint. Yeah. Hellblaze is good. Hellblazer rules. Hellblazer is really good. I, I wish I'd kept up with it, but in the, in the weirdness of the last year, I just kind of fell off, but... I think yeah. I'll pick up the first trade when it... DC is so bad at putting out trades, though, so maybe I'll have to read it digitally or they whatever. Even, they even made themselves a streaming service that failed. I couldn't keep up with the releasing issues on that, but... Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> um, so, uh, Gideon Falls is another um, beloved serious issues uh, image series, um, and I caught up to issue 21 and then learned that you're only six or so issues behind me. Um, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. written by Jeff Lemire with Andrea Sorrentino and Dave Stewart on Art and Colors. Um, and uh, God, it's a, a, a great, great series. It's ah, oh, reading it from start like start to chapter seventeen. I got up to before we um, started recording was great because not to like spoil too much, but it's also sort of like a small town horror, creepy, spooky, supernatural that just gets like cosmic and like. I don't even know, like, not really Lovecrafty is not the word, but some of the designs and technology and themes that come into play and the trippy visuals just blows my mind. I, f- I fucking love it. It's so good. Every issue is just, like, completely new and hooking. Yeah, well, yeah, it's so much fun. It, it, gets, gets, it gets even more insane and surreal as the, uh, as the series continues as well. Um, the, uh, the, like, the... It's, it's all it, it kind of it's all about like it starts off with like this this image of like a, a, a haunted black shed that um our, our main character can see and is trying to recreate um and then kind of like it opens up to like there's like a multiverse and at the heart of it is this black shed which represents this like horrible monster and um of course it, like you i forget when it goes full horror i forget that it's a lemire book and then it just opens up and does all these insane things and i'm like oh yeah only lemire <laughs> would write this book god it's so good also there's something fun about your main character being a balding priest with aviators <laughs> absolutely <laughs> uh yeah no it's great excellent stuff um i'm glad you're reading it. i'm glad you're enjoying it as much as i am um what else what else have we got connor we got uh, um, uh oh actually I, I mean one of the the main stars of this podcast is my inability to pronounce words and I'm glad you <laughs> have read this next book and not me. I literally before we started I was like I'll google what Ophiuchus Ophiuchus is <laughs> Spell it out spell it um, out. O P H I U C H U S. I think it has something to do with a star system or a star sign like a Sagittarius but Oh, fuck. I forgot I'm going to have to pronounce their names as well. Let me use my loud keyboard to get this up. This <laughs> yeah, this started out as a webcomic um, by Natasha Terra Petrovic and Ali Lerija de la Plante, mm-hmm. probably, um, as a webcomic and uh, image adapted all put into one book. It is this crazy futurist colourful adventure of, like, a skeleton robot who guards a gate that uh, (laughs) protects the world from something that not even the uh, skeleton knew, and then a crazy creature comes in and starts infecting the land, and two other robots pop in, and they have to go through, like, a crazy adventure across the land through all this strange alien architecture to fight off a virus, and it's kind of impossible to explain without, like, the artwork... Because um, that's really the the key part of it, and it's so delightful. Holy um, shit, is his artwork good? It's insane, right? It kind of reminds me of like um, when something like Steven Universe or She-Ra and the Princess of Power, like those sort of shows, do something like first ones text that sort of sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
but it's just like these gorgeous, like crazy robot caricatures with stunning purples and deep blues and crazy lights and super great paneling. And it's a really simple story. Um, just really beautifully told. Like there's a, like there's that crazy sci-fi I keep talking about, but it's never dense or unreadable. It's just super fast, super quick, super cute. And like, it's actually all ages in the end. Yeah. That's a great. And it it's came just out last year, did it? Yeah. I lit- I bought it last year too. Like I bought it day of release. Um, and then it's been on my shelf since we were going to do this. I'm like, Oh, I'll read that. And mm. I'm glad I did. It's, it's gorgeous, and I mean, like, if you don't want to pay for it, you can go to Webtoons, which, you know, also supports the creators, and just read it all on there, in, like, 70 different sort of webcomic chunks. That's awesome. Wow. I can't believe this is completely off my radar. It looks like the most me shit ever. <laughs> yeah, so you too can read Ophiuchus Ophiuchus now. Yeah, sign me up. This looks great. Um, look it up, everyone. O p h i u c h u s. And uh, now let's talk about the first superhero book of the episode. Um, <laughs> I've completely fallen off Marvel comics. Um, I've, I've, you know, we used to get accused of reading too many. I, mean, I certainly was, was guilty <laughs> of reading too many Marvel comics. That I feel like an average episode of Serious Issues would be like forty percent Marvel, just because they put out that many comics. Uh, but the year that has been has just made me uh, completely fall off. Um, so I was very curious to see um, Guardians of the Galaxy up here because I had no idea who was even writing it. But then I looked it up and saw that Al Ewing is is at the helm of Guardians of the Galaxy. And now I'm kicking myself for not having uh, read the four issues of this that have come out so far. And it's something I plan to rectify yeah, in the future. Like- Will I regret that decision, I mean- Connor? <laughs> no. Uh, wait. Is you regretting not? <laughs> going to. I don't know. Anyway, it's a good comic. Yuan uh, Cabal also does art for, I think, oh, fantastic. four of the five issues so far. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I also fell off Marvel Comics and DC Comics because it was such a glut. And I know the circumstances of like COVID have been terrible for a lot of people, but it has also made the industry a lot more digestible. So I think um, on the recommendations of two fellow admins, Rebecca and Jake, I've also got X-Men. Two of the greats. Uh, Daredevil. Hey, Just and Rebecca fun. and Jake, you'd say the word. You want to do an episode of this? You've earned it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little chart that we have to get all the ticks off before we're allowed onto the podcast. Yeah, you have to. Once, you've, once you've booted 20 members from the Facebook group, you're allowed <laughs> to do an episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, there's a new Tony Stark book coming out by... Um, Hold and Catch Fire and She Could Fly Rider, Christopher Cantwell, which Yo, I'm keen for. I just listened to an episode of my current favourite podcast, which is called Podcast The Ride, which is a um, a theme park podcast hosted by three Californian comedians. And Christopher Cantwell is a guest what? on an episode um, about a uh, like a park in the in like the middle of like the south that used to be like a catfish a trout fishing farm that they turn into a theme park based off of the old newspaper strip lil abner so it's an entire you know have you heard of lil abner it's like absolutely not oh it's it's you know it's people making fun of southerners basically um but they made a theme park in called dog patch usa um and uh christopher cantwell went there a bunch when he was a kid and so he, it's and it's one of the funniest two and a half hours I've enjoyed. Uh, so I know, look oh, at the very least, oh. I, know, I know Rebecca will listen to it because she's a mad Cantwell stan. But uh, I highly recommend that, that podcast Denim. in general. It's like a theme park podcast. It's very funny. Denim has been trying to get me to read that list of that for years. So there's it's finally such a, a good podcast. It. It's, a, it's a great first episode. Um, it's like a hundred and something of their podcast. Great, great oh, podcast. That is amazing. Anyway, uh, what are we talking about? Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, this is. Uh, uh, I don't know what happened in the cosmic universe, something, but the Guardians are like um, Star-Lord, Rocket, Drax, Gamora, Moondragon, um, Nova, Hercules now, and it starts <laughs> off with the Olympian Greek gods becoming all-powerful, all-sendient creatures from a fourth dimension, Yep, uh, waging war, as you do, that's where Hercules shows up. That's the first two issues, something really sad and crazy happens, and then it cuts away from that, and the next three issues are, like, these super, like, focused small dramas with the characters and their sort of, like, bubbling relationships. And it's super great. Al Ewing um, did the Ultimates before this. That was his great cosmic piece that got, like, 
punched in the head by um, Civil War Civil II. War Two, and then oh, that was so fucking... tragic. That was that one of <laughs> the was... greatest tragedies of like like that that first Ultimate series. It's like twelve issues. It is pretty close to perfect. And then is it the Ultimates two that gets fucked, or is it the, the I can't remember. But suddenly it becomes think... about. Captain Marvel and a suitcase <laughs> and should she open yeah. the suitcase or not open the suitcase <laughs> I think the first one was ruined by um, uh, Civil War 2 and then the second one got ruined by Secret Empire that's I right yeah, so, yeah. Just, just no good anyway I think what is good about this and what's um, good about like what has been good about Immortal Hulk which is the other one I gotta catch up on um, yeah, me too. is that obviously Al Ewing seems pretty assured he's going to be able to keep writing this one without too many interruptions so he's like set up a lot of plot threads for the future and he's taking the time to really like write a lot of smaller pieces within all these bigger pieces and there's all these crazy different like stories within stories as Ewing does and that's super fun like I don't think it's always satisfying week to week but I think it's really good in trade and something I will keep coming back to because there is a lot in there that I love and Juan Cabal's paneling with Ewing is like just so good. Oh, Marvel Boy's in there too. So oh, man, what a lineup. That. That's amazing. I yeah. love that Hercules Bucking is in her there. Ah, oh, he's got an amazing beard. Just a hunk of a man. So the thing, I criticize Marvel a lot, uh, having spent a lot of the last decade defending them because of amazing series like that short-lived Hercules run that um, Dan Abnett did. And, of course, Dan Abnett is one of the original writers of the excellent Guardians of the Galaxy story. Uh, yeah, uh, that uh, you know the big when I mean, incredible Marvel cosmic corner it was he and him him and Andy Lanning, God, fifteen years ago now, and then he did Guardians of the Galaxy, Nova, and all these excellent um, cosmic events spinning out of those series. And uh, if Al Ewing is able to do something as good as like what that ended up being, like, and I don't doubt he will be able to. He's so well well suited to a cosmic series, and also Hercules is in it. That's so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Marvel's back on the menu, baby. Anyway, yeah, hopefully that's that was nice to check Look, back in on. I, I have like five in suit. Still I, interesting. I have five X Men. Oh yeah, shit! I forgot he wrote that Rocket Raccoon heist series that I didn't like at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Suits I, cute as hell. Yeah, but uh, I have I a bunch know. of X Men book ser- issues in front of me that I still need to read. Um, yeah, how far? I'm catching up on that you, one. You're caught up. Yeah. Swords one is on it. Swords? There's a villain named Pogger Pog, and that's really <laughs> funny to me. Yeah, right. What about the the green haired character from Sword in Marvel? Is she in the Guardians book? She's cool. Um, um you know what's in, what her name is? She has green so. hair. I'm looking up Marvel Sword, green, green hair. Sword. She was in Astonishing X Men that Whedon wrote. Abigail Brand. Whedon actually no, created no. her. Do you remember like? Oh, what? Now I'm, just rem- now I'm just remembering, I'm like being that idiot that just like, remember when this was good? Remember when this was good? There was an incredible tie-in to um, Secret Wars, which was Abigail Brand as like the last line of defense. Um, fuck, that was such an Im- incredible time. <laughs> anyway, uh, shouts to Abigail Brand. Um, we got, uh, we got, we got I got, you know, I'm going to make the call, Connor. We have gone way longer on these disgusting Western comics than I expected oh, we would. Done? So let's, 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 you've got a couple more to, to get through, a few uh, IDW books that you've done. Let's get through that. Then we'll put a pin in it. We'll come back next week. We'll do an all manga episode oh, of Serious shit. Issues. If, if, if you'll allow all right. it. If you'll allow it. Oh, you know, just be afraid of what else I can read in a week. Um, <laughs> so you've just got- quick, uh, just quickly. <laughs> Yeah, what's quickly? Uh, two more. Um, what's the other one? Uh, map to the Read Sun. Only Memories is yep. a comic sequel to 2064 Read Only Memories, which is a cyberpunk... Um, the video game. Visual novel. Yeah, with cute robots and, like, detective noir. And this is written by Cena Grace with a bunch of rotating artists with crazy colors and gorgeous covers. And this is the perfect kind of video game adaptation. Well, I mean, it's... It, video game comic it takes place between two of the games with the sequel neuro driver coming next year it both is its own fun neo-noir cyberpunk story and also it's uh and also it touches on like a few of the cute little character moments after the end of it and sets it up nicely and it's gorgeous like i saw this week that there was a horizon zero dawn comic 
coming out through Titan or something, and I went, I bet that shit. This, <laughs> this is what you want. You can't trust Titan. Everyone knows that. I just cannot. Yeah. If for some reason you were that part of the audience that has also played 2064 read-only memories, big ups. Angus Truscott from HeyFam, read this comic. It also seems like a great Ooh, yeah. great fit for uh, Cine Grace, who is a, a creator that I feel like never gets put on the right book or never gets the support he needs. Like I, I, I love his uh, his diary comics and um, the things that he's yes. written. He's own creator and stuff, but I feel like when he gets put on a book, it's just like... Sorry, it's not that he's not the right fit. It's just that he doesn't get... He's, he's never pushed the right way. He always gets, like, a shitty art team or, you know, whatever else. Like, yeah, yeah. cancelled. Well, cancelled, yeah. So, this is this is great. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy to hear that this is a, an excellent read. Um, tell me about uh, um, A Map to the Sun. A Map to the Sun was my most anticipated book of this year. It is a graphic novel out through first second by Sloane Leong, who did the incredible... Uh, incredible Prism Stalker last year, and um, this is a really beautiful uh, young adult uh, graphic novel, which I don't read a lot of unless they're out through uh, first second, but it's about um, a bunch of teenagers in school that like uh, start with Ren and Luna, who are friends in middle school, then they split apart, then they meet up again in high school, and they sort of... Um, they enter a, a, a uh, like a bas- a struggling basketball club, and it's about a bunch of like, it's about a really diverse cast of women of color, um, sort of going through high school and the troubles they face and their connections, and it's a lot about, um, you know, female friendship and how hard it can be to keep a friendship together, and especially when there's circumstances like othering or like family pressure. And it covers a lot of really raw topics, um, content warnings for like um, grooming and self-harm and a lot of stuff like that. And this book deals with it also beautifully. Uh, and it's never like, um, it's never demonizing or like hateful. It's a really like understanding piece about coming together and supporting the people you love, even through the worst of times. And has to be one of the most gorgeous pieces of art I've just ever experienced yeah, this, you can tell just from, the, co- just from the cover how beautiful it is. Yeah, it is a book, um, and I love how Sloan Leong draws bodies, just every body shape, every body type. It's also wonderful. Like, more bodies should be drawn like that always. But the panelling and art, like the art uses every single colour of the colour wheel, both saturated and um, like in like a neon or bright colour, and every few pages almost split up into like chapters in a regular book. It changes... Um, palette so to match the atmosphere so for three pages it's like a deep blue with like um oranges or purples and suddenly it's like reds and sickly greens and then something else like deep blacks and uh oranges as well and just the way that conveys atmosphere the way it constantly like snaps you back into a different atmosphere that conveys just as much of the story as the characters on screen and there's all these amazing like dreamlike sequences it's just it's just beautiful. I read it in one sitting because you just flick to the next page and you're just shell shocked because there's something new, and you just uh, and just I just loved it so much. I don't want to, I, you know, we'll wrap it up here. But just an absolutely killer recommend. This isn't in Australia yet. I'd order it through Kindle because my physical copy doesn't get here till September. But America, maybe UK, it should be out in bookstores and comic stores right now. So. I think you yeah, can order it's, it, like pre-order it through Kings or something right now, which you definitely should. Uh, this will probably end up being my favorite comic of the year because it just—I don't know—I haven't been—I like up there with like one of the finest pieces of art this year that have hit me really in the heart. <laughs> um, for those who are unfamiliar with Sloane Leong, um, yeah. she wrote and drew um, the book Prism Stalker, a uh, crazy hard sci-fi book that Image published uh, in 2018 that we really loved on the show. Um, I might try and read that before we record next week because uh, it sounds fantastic. Hell, pl- yeah, please do because I have like, there is so much more I can talk about. There are like pages and scenes that I can just go on about forever. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like everyone should read at least one first, second book and, and kind of get a, an idea of what they do. They tell stories that feature 
you know, main characters that you don't usually see in, in comics or in, or in, you know, most media. And I think especially if you are like, you know, everyone should read them, but like, I love reading them as a straight dude because they depict characters mm. that I know I should, you know, be able to relate to, I mean, you know, it's, it's hard to describe in a way, but I just, you know, I think it's important to read different points of view in, in stories and first second do a great job of providing you with the opportunity to do that. Yeah, they've done, like, um, This One Summer by Mariko and Gillian Tamaki, like, all the uh, Tilly Walden's books, so most of the time you can't go the, wrong. The Prince and the Dressmaker. Oh, yes. Wonderful. And they have those gorgeous hardcovers. Mm. Yeah, they're excellent. Wonderful company. Um, all right, well, that has been an incredible episode, Connor. I, I thank you very, very much for uh, for doing this with me. And, uh, look, we have so many... Just give you guys an idea of how much Connor and I <laughs> were going to cover in the back half of this episode. Um, I've read... The last of the Junji Ito books I needed to read, um, No Longer Human, which came out um, at the beginning of the year. Uh, and it's an adaptation of a very grim um, Japanese novel. Um, I was going to, I could talk at length about that. Um, I've, I've I'm also, looking forward to it so much. We've both read the first volume of a. Um, actually, look, if, if this would fit in the same, if you're a, a first, second fan. Um, and you're looking for maybe a, a manga that might, uh, you know, suit you. Um, we both read a, a, a new series called How Do We Relationship, which is a, like, a teenage lesbian comic written by a woman. Um, and uh, in Japan, I, I feel like they're pretty rare. Yeah, or at least, yeah, no, just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was written by a, a creator called Tammy Fool. Um, and I know that, um, like, you know, the concept of that sounds, I guess, you know, when you hear the words manga and lesbian together, and especially schoolgirl, like you think something very perverted. Um, but this is the complete opposite of that. This like unbelievably sweet and, and lovely, uh, like high school romance book. Well, college romance, which I think is also important. Oh, like, college. A lot of, okay, like, sweet. Yeah. Like I love, I love Yuri too, you know, like, don't get me wrong. I've let, I've read a lot of high school lesbian dramas from japan but this is like this is so just unfetishized and beautiful and pure and lovely so excellent um i've also read the classic uh series ping pong for the first time and that has just like blown my mind uh and a few other excellent books uh from viz that have been published in the last couple of weeks uh that i've really enjoyed and connor had a massive list too and i wanted us to go through like the current state of uh shonen jump in uh, in 2020 because a lot of uh, high-profile series have finished in the last few months, and a lot of there's been like ten new series that have started in in, in the last three months as well that uh, I've read some of, um, and some of them are good, some of them are not good, and I'm I'm curious to see what your thoughts on this you know mo- the most popular um, method new of way reading to jump re- yeah the, like the most <laughs> popular way to read comics in uh, in Japan and you know where, what you think the future is going to be as someone who has read considerably more manga than I have. Uh, despite being almost half my age. <laughs> um, so that is it for uh, this episode of Serious Issues. Thanks so much for uh, for listening. Uh, you can find our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues podcast. And who knows, maybe one day you'll be made admin. And again, all you need to do is block 20 people and booyakasha, you can be a guest host of an episode, two episodes. Um, Connor has a podcast called Wine Mums with our friend Denim, which you should definitely check out, especially the first two minutes of the most recent episode. <laughs> um, uh, you'll, you'll never hear the words simp for cum quite as lovingly as you do in that episode. Uh, the best thing is I can't tell you or Denim apart. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the, it's the big two young white people on a podcast syndrome. We know uh, what we are. We uh, cop it. Uh, but so I'm like, whenever I, I whenever like I, I know when whenever someone's talking about manga, it's you, and whenever someone's talking about being forced to watch a horrible Hollywood movie, it's denim. <laughs> <laughs> but, but when you're not doing those doing those things, I have to have trouble. Um, but uh, so whoever said simp for come, I congratulate you. Um. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that, that's Wine Mums. Go check it out. Um, you guys do an episode once a month. Um, and uh, I've got 500 other podcasts. Hey Fam comes out every week. Um, All the Small Games is coming out almost weekly at the moment. That, um, they're, but they're, they're about video games and uh, other fun stuff. Um, and uh, I have a Patreon for music. I do a music podcast and mixes uh, every other week, which you can find at patreon.com slash levdog. Um, so thank you so much for listening 
And uh, Connor, thank you so much for being on this podcast. It's been a pleasure. Can't wait to weeb out next week. I'm, 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 I'm not going to sleep until we do. <laughs> Just going to read manga until until my eyes fall out. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.